From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and, of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And in just a few moments, you'll hear one of the most recognizable voices in the Central Valley mm-hmm. and uh, just always uh, enjoy it. We'll get to that in just a second. In fact, let's not waste any time. Let's go right to our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a story of two more real-life Jesus freaks from The Voice of the Martyrs. In May, 11 Church of Iran members were acquitted of charges that they committed activities against the order of the country and that they illegally drank alcohol. The charges stemmed from drinking communion wine at a house church meeting. The judge ruled the Christians' actions were protected under the Iranian constitution. Yet while we rejoice in that verdict, Pastor Yusuf Nardarkhani and Pastor Vahik Abrahamian remain in prison for separate incidents of practicing and sharing their Christian faith. For specific ways you can pray for and encourage these two men, go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, friends, just a reminder to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters uh, around the world. And at the same time, reminds us to take advantage of the freedoms that we have right now to uh, exercise them and uh, love God with our whole being and love our neighbors as ourselves. Uh, before we get into Brad Dacus here, uh, Elaine had the opportunity this weekend to go down to Biola University. Yes, how was that? And it was, you know what? It was a great weekend Good. and, and, uh, just have the privilege of my daughter being down there in the uh, preclinical nursing program. And I'm just so impressed about the compass that they have, you know, to, to really stay true to scripture and, and not to deviate. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for Biola in one way, and the, uh, on the other way, I'm going to be in debt till I'm dead, you know, but that's... <laughs> Join that's all a, the other college... Yeah, that's, an, that's a whole other yeah. issue, but, uh, just, uh, there, there's a, uh, kind of a school within a school there called the Tory, uh, school or Tory College, and, and these are, uh, just the most brilliant of, of the people down there. They had a wonderful seminar on the U.S. Constitution. All right. And, uh, some of the great minds, uh, down there, they, and they write for the Washington Post and and other uh, periodicals around the country. And they were they were talking about the fact that the U.S. Constitution does not mention God at all, because it was a given that Christian moral ethical principles would be in place 
with the Constitution. The Declaration of Independence mentions God four times in various ways. Uh, but the, uh, the, the very conciseness of the, uh, U.S. Constitution, they, they didn't feel it was necessary. And, and the, the point was made, without a moral ethical compass, our Constitution will fail. You know, that it, that it requires that, uh, that moral value that was there. And, you know, and it is debatable about whether all the founders were, were believers. You know, some were, some were not. And, uh, you know, they were, they were a product of their time in, in, in some ways. But, and we can, you know, debate that. But that, the, the, the point is that our U.S. Constitution has to have that moral compass. Otherwise, it, 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 it fails. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant discussion and, and really, I walked out of there jazzed. I'm going, you know, yeah, we, we, we got to keep on keeping on here and, and, uh, and, and stand for, uh, loving God with your whole being, loving your neighbors as yourself. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have an effect upon. Makes the, me uh, think community. of our good friend Mike Winther and all the good Oh, the Institute does. of Principal yes. Studies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mike's doing just a wonderful job with that. Well, listen, enough of that. Let's get to our friend Brad Dacus. It's time for the legal edge. A look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Perhaps the best-kept secret for union workers in America today is that 100% of their union dues can be diverted to qualifying charities. Now, I know it sounds too good to be true, but Title VII of the U.S. Code requires that labor unions, all unions nationwide, allow employees who have a religious objection to what their union dues support to divert the entire amount of their union dues to a charity that aligns with the employee's beliefs. Well, Pacific Justice Institute has a plan called Choose Charity, which can help you divert your union dues. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, Elaine, I mentioned many times, I think, on the, on this program, I wish 30 years ago... 20, whatever it was, many, <laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> in, a, in a galaxy far, far, <laughs> far, away. far away. I, w- I wish I had known about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give that man a mic. All right, who's doing the sound effects here? What, did that <laughs> what a great it show. Out. It that wasn't was even great. digital. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That was good, Al. Yeah, you have a retirement gig there, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where was I going? Oh, well, yeah, the sure. union dues. Uh, I, I wish I had known because I, I had to be part of a union for the, you know, fire and rescue things that I was doing. And, and I often looked at, at some of the causes that, that my money was going to go to support. And I said, well, I, I don't really believe in that, but I, I got to do it. I did not know that uh, that you could actually ask for your union dues to go to specific charities that, that aligned with your belief systems. And uh, anyway, if you want more uh, uh, to know more about that, it's pacificjustice.org, www.pacificjustice.org, and they'd be happy to uh, give you some more information on that. And Elaine, this past weekend, uh, you and our chairman of the board, Dr. Chin, and mm-hmm. our uh, projects foreman, John Engel, had the opportunity to uh, represent ABC at the Healthy Aging and Fall Prevention. Summit. We did. That was so fun. Isn't that a great thing? Oh, a lot okay. of people come through there, don't they? About a thousand people, I think. Wow. I mean, not that I was counting, but I think that's what we expected. And uh, they do a lot of the, like hearing screening and, mm-hmm. and diabetes, diabetes cholesterol, cholesterol, all kinds of things. You know. Balance. Balance. Not, they we they found I was very unbalanced <laughs> last time I was there. But you should have been there, yeah. No. But doc, 
That was Dr. Hinman, I think, that, that had, had that. And, and we thing. have him here on a regular basis, so we know the balance issue with yeah. him. He could do another dissertation on me, I think. And, I think so. uh, that would, uh, anyway, so the, great, great opportunity. We thank the Fall Prevention we Council do. for allowing Absolutely. us to be there. And uh, Dr. Chin was able to uh, consult with people. And, they had and, him uh, set up his own booth, and it was like, ask Dr. Chin. You know, you've got the ask Dr. Oz thing. He had his own thing. I mean, he just was busy all day long, and it was just... Really Remind, totally cool. Reminds me of, of Charlie Brown and Lucy having, you know, the doctor is in. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, but uh, the real doctor was in. Anyway, Absolutely. thanks uh, thanks for visiting with us, those of you uh, who were there. Great uh, great to be there and, and a great event that we're privileged to be part of. You mentioned the uh, fire and rescue thing. We have yes. a little reminder coming up this Thursday, October 20th at 1020 a.m. is the earthquake preparedness. Actually, it's the Great California Shakeout. Now, for those of you listening who are not in California, you may want to participate with us in this anyway. I don't know, but at 1020, uh, in 2011, uh, everybody's going to, to participate. Those of you who want to, in 2010, 2010, more than 7.9 million Californians, uh, Californians practiced the drop cover and hold on. Do you remember when we did this as kids kind of, you know, we did, do you remember this, Marty? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. but that was for the bomb. Well, this is for the bomb. This the is bomb. No, we're not talking yeah. bombs. We don't want to scare anybody. Yeah. This is for no, no. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Drop yeah. cover. Always, what was it? <laughs> I, always, I always thought, you know, they said, now, children, when you see the bright flash, get under, I'm thinking, Lady, if I see the bright flash, we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> we're out of here. Right, time to go under the yeah. table, ma'am. You know, we're we're toast at that. I never figured that one. Could you figure that one out, Marty? I mean, yeah, yeah. Wasn't a little late. Yeah. You know, oh, there's the flash. Hang on. Let me get under my desk. <laughs> Oh, well. But it is important to do the earthquake. It is for preparedness, and that's what this is all about. I have a funny story about that. You do. I do. Bet you do. Yeah, you know, my, my, my grandma, bless her, bless her soul, uh, passed away many, many years ago, but, uh, at the time that I was in emergency services in Southern California, I was working for the city of Azusa, had a major earthquake. And uh, I, I was called to go back to work. I was doing, you know, basically emergency services for the city at that time. And uh, Grandma was was living with us, and no one else was there. And, and it was a big shaker. Yeah, this is probably you know, it was early early 1980s. What did it register on that? Uh, well, it, it was a good seven point something. It was one, one of the bigger oh, ones. Yeah. One of the yeah. bigger ones. It did a lot of damage to Sierra Madre down there. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I said, okay, Grandma. Now here's here's the deal. You know, if, if, if it starts shaking again, I, I put your chair right here, okay, near, near where the, you know, frame is, and I said, it'll be very safe there, so if it starts in again, you go and sit in that chair while it's shaking, and, and you'll be okay, alright, and I'll, I'll be back as soon as I can. I came home eight hours later, Whoa. and my poor 80-something-year-old grandma was still sitting in the Aww. chair eight hours later. And apparently hadn't heard the part that you didn't have to sit in the chair. Oh, I no. felt so bad, you know. Oh my goodness! I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't report me to you know elder abuse or <laughs> something or that. But <laughs> I just felt. Uh, but anyway, she got. She knew what to do. Bless you know, her at that, heart. At that age. Oh. So, but this. So we have an opportunity to do a, a drill this week. Yes, we do, and it's at 10:20 a.m. California, California time, because that's what we're doing it. So, and if you want to know more about this, uh, we encourage you to click onto W www.shakeout.org forward slash how to participate 
forward slash. And you can get more information on earthquake preparedness by going to the World Wide Web dot shakeout dot org forward slash. So if you're in Kyrgyzstan, you don't have to worry about 1020 in the morning. You've got to have to figure that out. Right? No, but you know, this is this is cool stuff because you do want to be prepared. You want Absolutely. your family to be prepared. And, and it's coming. You know, it, you know, it is. I know, you know, I, yeah. well, you know, we've been telling this, you know, it's kind of like crying wolf. People are, ah, oh, yeah, 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 right. But it is. I mean, California, I mean, if, if you look at the seismic activity, the big one's coming. Now, of course, Jesus coming back will be even bigger, and if he comes back before that earthquake, that's okay with me. Before 1020 but, yeah, on Thursday? Before 1020 <laughs> and, and, and even before 1020 in Kyrgyzstan as, as well. Right. Let's uh, check out a couple of opportunities here, and we're going to get into some fun with Marty Lancer and John Brooks. We're so glad they're here. Now, if I said Riverbank, that would be one thing, but if I said Riverbank Trojans, I know we're going to get a reaction. Fight on. <laughs> I knew that was coming. You Home. know, they, they won. <clears throat> I just want to know. Oh, they, they really whipped them. They, they, they did, Yes, they? not that I'm, I do not gloat, okay, but I, I was a tad happy uh, that, about that. Because, you know, it's kind of like being a Dodger fan up here in giant territory, you know. You're kind of but, outnumbered, aren't you? Yeah, but, yes. you know, a third-generation Trojan, and I, mm-hmm. I just, I was just mm-hmm. proud of the guys cool. that they played well. Now, the problem is at prayer time on Wednesday, mm-hmm. my brother Wade Estes, who's yes. the senior pastor at, at yes, Crosspoint yes. Church, his son Ryan played for Cal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it'll be a sad day for Wade on Wednesday when I come to prayer. You know, because so you're going I will put to wear up, your shirt. And well, I have a surprise for him, <laughs> and he doesn't know it's coming. Uh-huh. But it'll be, you know, when he looks, when he's going to have his head, head bowed in prayer, and when he looks up, there will be a little surprise for, for him. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of a good natured thing. Of course. A USC course, shirt, yes, probably. Uh, probably a uh, USC I'm not everything. telling the right. He's going to rub it in yeah, big time. Uh, but we're brothers, though, and, yes, and you we are. love each other. <laughs> Don't forget that. It's a little friendly thing. Keep were you it, trying to Keep do- it friendly, unlike the handshake that we heard about last night after the football game. You know, you know what I'm talking about. All right, the Riverbank Trojans. I have Trojans, no knowledge of that. Of course. Riverbank Trojans, home game concessions come out for the sport and support of the home team. Volunteers needed. That's what we hear about. Ages 15 years and older are needed at the concession stand to barbecue, mm, sell food, and clean up during the home games on Saturdays through November 19th in Riverbank. Uh, the Riverbank Trojans, a member of the National Youth Football League, is a nonprofit organization serving player and cheerleading youth from the local community and surrounding areas. That would be a lot of fun for you to get involved with. Join the Friends of the Modesto Library where you can put your management and people skills to work at the Little Shop, and that's located inside the Modesto Library, staffed entirely by volunteers. We love that. The shop sells a variety of merchandise, including used books, stationery, recycled items, notebooks, pencils, tote bags, children's books, and more to support the library services. Uh, volunteer general manager, 18 years and older, is needed to oversee the shop finances, mm-hmm. uh, including invoices, payments, deposits, uh, reports, filings, records, and all sorts of activities for you to volunteer. Training is provided 
sales associate uh, volunteers ages 16 years and older also needed to open and close the shop. The Friends of the Modesto Library supports programs and services at the library since 1974. Just think of all the great people. Good you folks will at meet. the library. Yeah. So check it out. Yes, check. <laughs> our, our. <laughs> the Stanislaus. I'm sorry. You, I'll uh, repent. Certainly are. <laughs> Stanislaus County Police <laughs> Activities League, our pal. The kids need you to coach sports leagues at the after school program at Glick Middle School. Volunteers ages. 18 years and older, share basic knowledge of league sports, including soccer, volleyball, basketball, and track, and sportsmanship with boys and girls ages 12 to 14. Practices are held weekdays between 4 and 5 with extended times for games, and they play in and around the Modesto area. Volunteers must pass a background check, TB clearance, and the Stanislaus County Police Activities League is a program in Stanislaus County which provides kids with alternative to drugs, gangs, and other criminal activities through exciting sports and leisure activities as well as educational programs. And we love that and would love it for you, dear friends, to get involved. And you can do so by contacting our friend Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email Barbara. She's at bborba at uastan.com. Dot org. We need a refrigerator, lots of refrigerators in need in our community, but there's one particular refrigerator that was referred to us by Salvation Army, another partner of ours. Mm. And uh, this gentleman has a wife who uh, has diabetes, and so her medication needs to be refrigerated. So if you, dear friend, have one to donate, uh, give us a call at 209-544-9571, and we'll get that refrigerator where it needs to go. Got another special request, by the way, and, and these are some wonderful folks that we worked with with at the airport uh, neighborhood cleanup. Uh, the principal of Orville Wright School here in Modesto is looking for people to help with their kindergarten classes. There's a m- morning session and an afternoon session, mm-hmm. and uh, you may only need to volunteer like an hour a week, but they could sure use your help on either morning or afternoon. And uh, if you're willing to help out, uh, please give us a call here at ABC, and we'd be happy to hook you up with Orville Wright Elementary. We could do that. You know, it's been a while since our friends Marty Lancer and and John Brooks have graced our table here at Lighthouse Live, and we are so pleased that you gentlemen uh, carved out some time to be with us tonight to catch us up on what's going on at VIPS, the Visually Impaired Persons Support, and uh, we just so look forward to spending uh, this next hour with you, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight. All right, you know, I was I was thinking I've been in when you were talking about earthquake preparedness. Mm-hmm. I've been in three earthquakes. Two of them were not in California. Oh, really? Where, where were they, Marty? Where? I was in one in Seattle in 1965, okay. and this next one will surprise you because it surprised me. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Ooh. Wow. in 1983, Idaho. potato it, capital. It, it, yeah, and yeah. it was not centered in Coeur d'Alene. The epicenter was oh, quite a few miles south in a little town called Chalice. Um, which is kind of uh, central Idaho, but we felt it all the way up in Coeur d'Alene. And knowing Marty, I'll bet he remembers what it registered on the Richter scale. I don't remember what it registered on the Richter scale, but I'll tell you what I do remember is thinking, you know, um, I wonder that, 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 because no way did an earthquake even occur to me. And I remember thinking, what is that rocking back and forth? I mean, is somebody doing exercises upstairs or what? (laughs) And, And then I remember thinking, you know, that person's gotta be awfully big. And then I remember thinking, no, 
you know what? If, if, if somebody could do that exercise and I don't want to live here. And, and, and then I remember thinking, you know what? I think there, we just had an earthquake. Strange as it may seem. And, and you never heard about them in Idaho. Um, it was a pretty big one though. And, and the only reason that, that, you know, we didn't hear more about it was because the area, uh, where it was epicentered was pretty small as far as population. And so there were two, two, uh, fatalities, unfortunately. But had it been, say, the epicenter of San Francisco, that would have been a lot more. Yeah, because absolutely. a lot more concentration of people. So I've been in two earthquakes, uh, out of the state of California. Then I was in the big one here in 89. Yes. The, uh, mm-hmm. the, the one, uh, that was epicentered near Watsonville, I believe it was. And that we felt all the way over here in Modesto. Um, and I also know about youth football because I, I do public address for Modesto <laughs> yes, Broncos. That's right. And the Modesto Christian Kingsman this year. So, um, I know all about youth football and barbecues and food and, 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 uh, you know, all the, all day Saturdays. You know, uh, I, I love high school football and college football. You know, the, the kids are playing for the love of the game for the most part. And it's just exciting. You know, there's elect, you know, that old Friday night lights thing. Yeah. There's an electricity about a Friday night or a Saturday when kids are playing football. It's contagious. It is contagious. Yes, it is. And John? This is John Brooks here, and I have to throw in my earthquake story. Uh, I grew up (laughs) in Southern California in the San Fernando Valley and was uh, in my bed at about 5 in the morning when they had the big earthquake in, I think it was 1971. And, you know, the Book of Romans, Chapter 8, says that the whole earth groans awaiting Christ's return. And as I uh, sat in my bed um, riding out this earthquake, it was kind of like being on the high seas in a, in a small little uh, boat. Uh, the earth groaned while that was going on for about 45 seconds. That was, that was it, wow. amazing. It seems like an eternity, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. You know, less than a minute. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of what people experience is 30 seconds or, or, mm-hmm. or less. But, and there are different kinds. You got the P waves and the S waves and, and they have different kind of shocks and all that. But it's, uh, it's, it's a moving experience. It uh, sure definitely. is. So in preparing for earthquakes and, and preparation in, in general, John and, and Marty, what do you do? I know you guys came to share with us about VIPS tonight and VIPS, the visually impaired uh, person support, and, uh, and we want to know all about that. Because some of some of our listeners know about that, and and, and some do not. How do you prepare? Uh, uh, what are you doing to prepare? And and who wants to start? Well, considering I'm probably not the best person to answer that question because considering all three of the earthquakes I was in, I had not a clue what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I already shared the one in Idaho and I, and the one here was just about the same way. And it's odd that the first one I was in in Seattle, of course, we'd never experienced that. And that was a pretty big one too. I don't remember what the Richter scale was. Um, but it was in Seattle. And I remember at that time thinking that, that, oh, this has got to be an earth, what an earthquake feels like. And, and it was, uh, I, all I remember is us coming inside the building. We were outside at recess. Uh, and we went inside the building and the teacher put us in the center of the room, uh, at that time. And, and then it's, and then it kind of, you know, it, it went away. The earthquake went, went away. And then, you know, uh, it was business as usual. Not long after that. Um, I'm not the best guy to ask about earthquake preparedness, to be honest with you, since I didn't even know what was happening. Take it away. Well, and, uh, we have as a, uh, matter of practice, a safety drill at least once every three months. Mm. And um, 
So whoever's in our center receiving classes at the time, along with the staff who are present, will um, either go out the front door or out the back door for uh, fire drills or earthquake um you know, types of situations. It really, uh, with an earthquake, it would depend on the severity of the earthquake. I mean, if you had a, uh, just a major kind of upheaval, you'd have to sort of respond at that particular time. It, it might not be, uh, easy to get out of a building, um, uh, so anyway, but we, as a, as a practice and we keep it in a, a log, we do safety drills, uh, at least once every three months. You know, when you guys walk through the door tonight, Mike says, here's the dynamic duo and <laughs> you, you really are. Um, I don't know how many people you have running the VIPS, the VIPS program over there at this time, but, um, why don't you let our listeners know what you do there, who you serve, and uh, what it's all about. All right. Uh, I'm the operations director at Vision Impaired Person Support, which is located at 618 14th Street, right around the corner from Advancing Vibrant Communities in downtown Modesto. And we serve people who are blind or visually impaired. We have a computer lab where we teach uh, folks to use the computer independently. We have a full kitchen and laundry where we teach independent living skills, cooking, uh, baking, mm-hmm. measuring, money identification. Uh, Roxanne Keys, who is our independent living instructor, says that she'll teach anything that a person needs to learn to right. maintain mm-hmm. their independence. She also teaches grade one and grade two Braille. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are the main uh, programs that we have uh, at our center. And you've got a wonderful facility there. Can you go back and, and uh, fill our audience in on, on how that came to be? That, that was kind of a cool story in and of itself. Sure. Well, you know, uh, the board of directors who provide, you know, wonderful volunteer service, uh, spearheaded by uh, Jim Syvertson, who's the founder of VIPS and uh, currently the president of the board, they um, were able to get our building um, through the city of Modesto. And it was an old bungalow and in pretty bad shape. And um, they were, uh, you know, able to acquire the property and get, I, I believe, a 30-year lease for a dollar a year from the city of Modesto. Wow. Now, VIPS put in about 130000 to uh, completely renovate the building. They took everything down to the studs and, you know, brought everything up to code. But we're very grateful uh, to have that facility. We do have to say that we've um, really outgrown the mm. facility, and um, it would be wonderful if we could find another building in the uh, close proximity because we're expanding our services, but um, we're Isn't that grateful a great for what we have. Oh, oh, how yeah. wonderful yeah, is that? Yes. Yeah. Marty, let's talk about how valuable this is to uh, to you and, and to many others throughout our city. What a great resource. Mm. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you, it's been very valuable to me uh, in a couple ways. Uh, number one, uh, what I do there, I'm taking classes there, uh, computer classes uh, right now, and uh, I'm also involved with the support group. Uh, that's the other thing. John 
I hadn't mentioned yet that we have a support group every other week, and uh, I, I vol- come in and volunteer and call people and remind them about the group because when you meet every other week, you know it's hard to remember. It, it just you know you you forget. Wow, did we meet last week or was it you know a week before? So <laughs> we try to we got a list of people that we cut you know that come in and, and and are a part of the support group, and usually we run about twenty people, and that's the thing. We we uh, John mentioned we need more space, and that's really too, true because. Uh, we have to meet right now over to cross the street in another business, uh, the uh, wedding chapel at Janet's Flowers. Oh, yeah. They, they don't do a lot of weddings Monday morning at 1030, which is probably a pretty good thing because, uh, <laughs> you know, we can, meet, we can meet over there, and they've been kind enough to let us use it. But for, Vips has been valuable to me because uh, I, I've been able to uh, spend some time volunteering there and, and, and taking some classes. One of the things that has happened to me this year is I'm no longer doing uh, radio traffic. Um, I got uh, uh, forced into temporary retirement by Clear Channel, uh, mm. restructuring. And so I've been spending more time at VIPs, and it's uh, given me something to do. And the thing I'm hoping to do is uh, they, they're going to have, hopefully, uh, down the roadways, a, uh, uh, a class and, and called Adjustment to Blindness. And so I'm taking some classes so that I could you know, teach that if they called on me to do that. Oh, oh you, you have a great just a, teacher. Oh, my God. You, you just have all the skills and experience and, and the heart to do that. Oh. You, you'd be incredible in that role, Marty. You know, you, and, and like I said at the beginning, you are one of the, the great recognizable voices of the Central Valley. Very quickly, go over your, your broadcasting career, Marty. You, you've got a, a stellar career behind the microphone. Well, I spent, uh, I, I spent time uh, when I got out of college. I spent time in eastern Washington in Wenatchee and Grand Coulee, and then I uh, spent some time in Oregon uh, for about, uh, well, let's see, 81, yeah. It, it, it gets in the early 80s, we'll put it that way. And then I, I ended up back in Grand Coulee. I loved it so much the first time I went back. Um, <laughs> and, and then I, I, I spent some time in, in Idaho and then again in, in, in uh, eastern Washington and then back in Oregon for about three years, and I've been here in Modesto uh, since 1989, and pretty much all that time, I worked until the July 29th. This has been the longest that I've been off, you know, work. Um, I was laid off again in '99, uh, but I was I was working part time for a little while after that. But that, this is the longest I've been off work, and it, it's um, you know, radio's changed, it and, has, and, and, and the whole you know the 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 whole corporate mentality of our country has changed the way we do things, and. Uh, I don't find it's all for the better. If I could uh, just interject here, I met Marty in 1995. Our paths crossed a little bit in the studio. And to watch Marty operate in a studio uh, facility in, in that environment is just amazing. He is like a master at, at, at uh, facilitating uh, the radio electronics uh, in the studio. It's just amazing to watch him. You would uh, just, it's just a, a blessing to see him operate and work. And it was just wonderful uh, to see that. But I had a lot of good years. You know, I, I really, I really had, you know, I'm 57 years old now, and there aren't a lot of 57 year old people in, in my part of radio. Um, you know, Elaine knows too, and, and so probably is Mike. Um, you know, you just don't see a lot of us that are able to stick that long. There aren't a lot of, you know, the guy that I think of now in, in L.A. is a guy named Shotgun Tom Kelly. <laughs> no, Machine <laughs> Gun <laughs> Kelly. And, and, you know, he's probably, he's got to be in his early 60s. And to still be doing what he's doing, you know, I mean, we're, you know, he's blessed and I've been blessed to be able to do it for as long as I have. But I have to, you know, um, 
in the latter years, Elaine mentioned that I, I, uh, with my competency as far as running the equipment, when we went to computers, it was different. Um, you know, nobody knows really how to set those up. Um, and radio stations aren't going to say, oh, you want to do this? Oh, well, go ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll give you, uh, you know, free access to our system and, and you can go ahead and, and, and try to get this to work, you know? And, and so my wife was really helpful to me. Um, probably the last, oh, especially 10 years. Uh, 10, 11 years, I, I could not have done my job without my wife. Terry is a real gift from God, is she not? And, and her back started bothering her, mm. and, and I don't know if, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if she's going to be able to do that anymore. It's just the way it is, you know. Uh, sometimes things come to an end, and, and uh, you know, uh, in my case, radio was a real long season, and if I can do it again, that's great. Um, but I'm sort of open to uh, other things that, that might, you know, that God might put in my path and just trying to just trying to stay busy and move forward and, and uh, you know, not get bogged down and having pity parties and, gee, you know, where'd my job go and that kind of thing. I would definitely join you in those prayers uh, for what the Lord has for you, Marty. And, and we've definitely met a lot of great people along the way and some great artists. Doesn't everybody love Mandisa? You remember Mandisa? Remember when we first saw and heard her on American Idol? Well, we want to share uh, something entitled uh, from her, The Truth About Me. I'm here with you on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back right after this song. If only I could see me as you see me And understand the way that I am Just like a diamond of a worth no one could estimate. I'm a worth no one could estimate. You say lovely, I say broken, I say guilty, you say forgiven. I feel lonely, you say you're with me. We both know it.
cost me. Take a chance and know I'm gonna be okay. Mandisa, the truth about me on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, John Brooks, and Marty Lancer. And thank you for joining us wherever you're listening tonight. Well, gentlemen, you uh, you have a, go- a great uh, cooperative effort uh, on, on deck here, writing a book together. And uh, we also got some other things we want to talk about. But give us a glimpse, give us a, a preview. What's this all about and, and how are we coming with it? <laughs> Marty, why don't you speak about that since you're one of the major authors? Well, uh, in January, they approached us about, you know, they had a writer's group coming up when we could write our stories. And, and I, you know, thought, yeah, you know, I, I want to be able to do that. I never really done a lot of writing before, uh, except when I had to for English class. I never liked that very well. Um, cause you know, writing about farewell to arms just isn't the same as writing about your life story, you know? And, and, uh, I got a C on that composition. Anyway, uh, so I thought, you know, I want people to understand, you know, um, uh, what it takes, you know, to have a good life. Um, I'm not hopeful for blind people now, not nearly as hopeful as I was, uh, you know, for kids, uh, matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to speak over at the college about right. the 70s. And, and in other words, the difference between the 70s and now. And and uh, I'm not real hopeful for the blind. Uh, does that mean that blind people won't be able to work? No, it doesn't mean that. But I think that in, in when I was growing up, it was, uh, you know, really the, the attitude was pretty positive. Yes, we had things to deal with, and there was a lot of ignorance about what blind people could and could not do. Uh, but... All in all, the attitude was pretty optimistic. Uh, short of being a NASCAR driver or an airline pilot, you know, <laughs> we could do just about anything we wanted to do. And, and, and that was how it was approached. Um, and that had not been that way in my parents' generation. Mm. And, 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 you know, it just wasn't. And so things were really on the upswing. And, and I have really felt blessed to, uh, have the, uh, mother that I did, uh, to have people supporting me that did, uh, to be able to have the opportunities that I had and the education that I had. Um, and I want to write about that and I wanted to share that. And so that's what I did. Awesome. Um, so you feel that that would provide an inspiration, especially in, and, 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 and talk a little bit, Marty. What, what do you see about today's world that maybe suppresses some of that optimism that you used to have? Um, Technology has come in and, and it's done some good things in, in, in some ways for people like me. You know, we can read mail now. 
Um, you know, we can, but we're using a, either a scanner hooked to a computer or just a standalone scanner. You know, we can read mail if we want to. Don't have to have someone to read it to us. Um, you know, computers are accessible, but, in, but in fact, the technology, uh, Technological explosion, if you will, is so much faster in the sighted world. It is increasing mm. that much faster um, that really the blind can't keep up. Um, there are a lot of things we can do when it comes to jobs now. It's not, you know, I almost think, because I, I saw this in my workplace, it isn't, you know, how much passion do you have for what you do? Uh, you know, can you really do a great commercial or are you just banging it out and getting it done fast? Mm -hmm. And I think we've gotten to the point now where in business, it's banging out and get it done fast. We don't care about, we may say we care about quality and obviously we don't want mistakes, but, um, the passion's not there. Mm -hmm. The, the, you know, the appreciation of the art of, of, of the business is not there and in most, in most circles. And so, um, you know, you walk in now to a place and they say, well, how are you going to read the computer screen? And you say, well, I, because this happened to me. Uh, I said, well, you know, I don't know today, but I can find out. That wasn't good enough. What mm. about the technology for Braille, Marty? Is there any advances or any hope in that to change that? Um, I have what's called a Braille note, which is paperless Braille, and I use it all the time. It has really helped me. Uh, I can receive some types of email with that and get on some websites with that on the internet. Obviously, because it's a smaller device and has little, you know, less memory. Um, it's not going to be as, as functional as a computer, but it's pretty good. I use it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, that has helped me, but still, like, to, like you said, Elaine, and you've done this, you've been on the air live. Mm -hmm. Um, to be able to know where you are on the air, to be able to read a screen, you know, you've got to have stuff that talks. Um, or you've got to have a braille display and that stuff needs to be hooked up and people need to know how to do that. And, um, a friend of mine who I always considered a real computer guru, you know, for the blind said, Marty, I'm even behind now. Mm -hmm. Facebook and all this stuff is coming in. It's not real blind friendly. And, and you know what? People don't care. That's, I think that's the, that's what I see in our world today that, that people just don't care. If Marty, you can't is keep it, up, that's tough. Is, is it a, is it ignorant? And, and I use the word in its best sense. Is it ignorance, uh, in, in terms of just not thinking about it? Or is it, no, nah, man, we, we can't stop to address those kind of issues. Both. You, I think both, both. things. I, I think it's ignorance is, is a lot of it. Um, you know, we'll give people credit for what they don't know. Uh, if you don't know, you can't be accountable for it. Um, but, uh, I think it's also, we can't stop. Hmm. It, it's, you know, fast, fast, fast. Come on. You know, yeah. we got to get this done. And you're in my way, you're slowing me down. And we can't have that. You lose that uh, personal connection. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and you look at customer service. I mean, even in the... In the sighted world, I think the technology is way beyond most of us. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's progressing at such an amazing, uh, amazing rate. So is, is there a name for this book that, that's going to be coming out yet? Or are you just still in the writing phase? Or? No, we're done writing it. I, I, oh, you are? The, the Little House That Could, John, is that right? I, I think it's something like that. You know, there's, uh, I believe a total of 13 writers. Wow. Uh, the majority of whom are, uh, people with, blindness or vision impairment, though there are uh, uh, two or three spouses 
of um, our clients who also wrote uh, their own chapter for the book. And um, we had a wonderful experience today in front of our office. Uh, we had a portrait taken mm. of all of the writers, great. the staff, oh, the writing coaches, and some of our board members uh, were were there. And this uh, photograph of group portrait is going to be on the cover Wonderful. of the book. And oh. my dear friend, uh, I'm going to do a little commercial real quick yes. because he did this uh, this service for us as a donation, Ronnie Torres. Uh, who his company is, I'm, yeah, Ronnie Torres. His company is Ronnie James Photography. Uh, he works at the Camera Center in downtown Modesto and has been a wonderful help to me. I try to dabble in photography. I sometimes think I should be called the half blind photographer. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Better than totally blind one, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, we had just a wonderful time with all the people in front of our building taking this uh, this portrait, and so we're looking forward to when that's all processed and, and uh, when the book will be published uh, later on. This is fantastic. So we look forward to a, a book party, a, a, a big book signing ceremony. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be, oh, yeah. you have to let us know about this. We want to know. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, both of you, and, and Marty, I, I'm just thinking, you, you've been blind since birth, right? Yeah. And... And yet, you exude this can-do, optimistic spirit. Yes. I mean, you, you have a down day. Sit with Marty for like two or three minutes, and he'll <laughs> cure you of that. I mean, he's just That's one of the most positive yes. men I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking back, Marty, you, you, you were talking about the opportunities and, and uh, society's uh, attitude uh, towards the blind. I'm thinking back, you know, when I was growing up, late 50s, early 60s, guy on our street named Mr. Stevenson. Uh, he was the piano tuner for the Pasadena City School District, totally blind. And Steve, as we used to call him, I, you'd see him. He'd, he'd, he'd walk down the street with his cane. He, he knew which bus he was going to get, and he'd travel to the various schools and, and tune their pianos. You know, and I, I just marveled at at that man and and uh, just that optimistic. And he never was down. He was, I always, hi, Mikey, how you doing? Only he could call me Mikey. Okay, I just want to point just that out. To say. I cannot picture that. <laughs> no, yeah. don't, don't I, be I, starting I, that. I, I, won't, I won't say a thing. But, but Marty, what, what, and, and I, I think, you know, that, that the Lord has to have a lot to do with that. But your, your indomitable spirit, your, your just can do attitude, got to be a combination of the way that, uh, you know, your mom and uh, your family invested mm. in you and, and the way God wired you, huh? Oh. Yeah, amen. That's that. That's it. And you know, I also have to say that that. And I tell people this at Vips. I've told a few. You know, look, uh, a lot of the people that we deal with there are losing their vision or have lost mm. it in adulthood. Mm. Um, so they're going through. It's a totally different experience for them than it is for me. Never having sight. Um, I I think they have it much harder because they've learned one way to do things. Now all of a sudden, the things they've learned don't apply anymore. Yeah. They have to learn all over again, where with me, I was learning, uh, you know, from day one. And fortunately, you know, for me, there were other kids around that I, where I went to school, you know, I went to school at a regular school, but there were blind kids in the school. We were all learning this stuff together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could talk about, oh, man, what what'd you think about crossing uh, Bigelow Street today? You know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's kind of a lot of traffic there, you know, and, and things like mm-hmm. that. We talk about it, you know. So there was... 
it, it raised the bar a little bit because we saw others doing it. So we knew we were expected to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, for the most part, you know, it worked out pretty well. Um, there was a few, you know, that had problems, uh, for some reason with, with orientation and different things. But, you know, we were, um, learning this stuff all together. So it was, it was, I think that was helpful because we were expected to succeed. And yeah. so when we did, you know, that raised your confidence, uh, because you succeeded at something. Yeah. Um, and, Absolutely. and with the way the education system is now, unfortunately, the teachers are great, but now being educated in local, your neighborhood school, which I was educated in the town I grew up in, but not in the neighborhood I grew up in, um, you know, we got Braille instruction every day. Well, now they can't do that because uh-huh. the, the itinerant teacher is, is having to travel around to different schools. She can't work with the same kids all the time, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Her time just, it, it doesn't work that way. So which kids get the best Braille instruction? Listen, John Brooks, uh, you've got some exciting things coming up with uh, VIPS. Tell us what's going on and, and what's what's down the pike. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring up, um, we've had a change since we were here last. Uh, you know, VIPS was founded, I believe it was in 2002, 2003. They had to renovate the building and all of that. They didn't provide services until 2005. And all of those services were uh, funded on donations. In uh, August of 2009, we became a vendor of the Department of Rehabilitation, so we've been receiving a lot of referrals from them. But the new development is that in July of this year, we've become a vendor of the Veterans Administration. So we're able to serve uh, blind and visually impaired veterans as referred by the Veterans Administration uh, to provide all of the services that I described earlier, the, the computer skills, the independent living, uh, Braille instruction. And so um, we think that that's just a really exciting opportunity for us and to serve our veterans uh, who who have uh, served our country so Indeed faithfully. it is. Now, men, women, how young, how old, who else can come to VIPS? Well, you know, um, <clears throat> vision impairment, the definition is uh, the best corrected vision of 2200 or worse, or a, uh, a field of view of um, 20 degrees or less. Now, there's other definitions. So we serve people who are blind and visually impaired. Um, but we have a support group, Marty mentioned it earlier, that meets every other Monday. And we have family members, spouses, loved ones, care providers, who uh, come to the support group, and we talk about everything. Um, it's a place where people just feel at home. Um, they, you know, uh, they know that they're going to be understood and and appreciated. And we talk about things like um, getting lost in a public bathroom, <laughs> or uh, you know what it's like when you're at a restaurant and somebody, you know. Um, uh, speaks to your spouse instead of to the individual just because, you know, you're blind or visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And so um, if a person would like more information about our support group, they can look on our website, which is www.vhips.com 
dot com. Uh, scroll to the services link on the on the homepage, and at the bottom of the services, it has information as far as the location, the uh, date, the times, and also the dates for the remaining. Uh, support group meetings for 2011. Excellent. Let's get that website once again. It's www.vhip as in Paul S. vhips.com. That's correct. Now you have some other very exciting things that happen throughout the year to help support the organization, correct? That, that's right. We have a couple of fundraisers. We have a gala, um, w- which is a dinner and a time of entertainment and, and fellowship once a year. Uh, we had the gala this year. We, we changed it to May. It was the night before Mother's Day. So that was um, a tribute to mothers was our theme. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful event. And then we had a, uh, a uh, 5K and a added 10K run uh, that was in August this year. And Shadow Chase, one of the local uh, run clubs, did a lot of wonderful volunteer work to help coordinate that. But by adding the 10K run previously, this was our third annual, the previous two were 5K only, and they were run walks. Um, but the 10K was a run, and that attracted more elite runners. Mm. We had nearly 300 people register. About 275 actually showed up Is and participated. Right? Wow. And the first two years, we had only averaged about 125 people. So we were very uh, grateful for the success of, of that particular event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful, yeah. Growth. You know, one of the neat things about being, you know, affiliated with the State Department of Rehab and veterans is that what people don't understand is before, if you wanted any kind of extensive services at all, you had to leave the area. Um, mm. In the case of the veterans, you had to go to Palo Alto. Right. In the case uh, for the uh, you know of uh, state rehab clients or Department of Rehabilitation, uh, you had to go to Albany, uh, which is over in the Bay Area, to uh, OCB Orientation Center for the Blind. Great facilities, but you know if you don't have to leave home, um, you know why leave home? Right. And and now people have an option, um, and they can get you know training all right here. Marty, let's talk. Are there Places like Vips in other cities and other counties uh, is, is easy well, to some, find. Some, uh, you know, I, Fresno has one. Uh, we have one. Stockton has one. Sacramento, uh, Merced. Now, see, that's they're still working on getting theirs together. Um, uh, Turlock does not have one. If you live in Turlock, you'd come here. Um, and and I think the the, the Department of I don't know about the how, the how the Veterans Administration works, but the Department of Rehab would, you know, pay the transportation for someone to come from Turlock so they could come, you know, and be a part of things here. Um, so we serve the Stanislaw County area, not just Modesto. Don't you think we're um, kind of special? Doesn't we are. Stanislaus we are County very special. Absolutely. Yes, yes. You know, so it, it, but it's either if you live in Sonora, you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have one yet. Uh, I imagine somebody's thought about it. So there are places like that. Um, you know, where people can get training in a lot of, especially bigger cities. If you live in a smaller city, it's not necessarily a given that they're there, though. Marty, we talked uh, a couple of minutes ago about the fact that uh, for some people, uh, they're losing their sight in adulthood. 
and whether it be macular degeneration or or maybe it might be an accident, maybe it's uh, you know a, a war-related injury, uh, as we talked about before. Marty, what 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 would you say to those folks and and maybe to their families who may be looking at the onset of losing their sight as an adult and. Uh, what 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 would you tell them from your heart to provide encouragement and, and hope? Well, I would say jump in the fray now. Mm-hmm. Jump in the fray now. Don't wait around, you know. Jump in the fray now. One of the things I think people will learn when they come to our support group is if, let's say, uh, you know, I'll throw some numbers out there, and vision acuity is not does not always tell the whole story, but let's say you come in and your vision is 20 over 100. We'll, we'll make it clear, you know, 20 over 100 in both eyes. Um, and that's not good enough to drive anymore. So you've lost your license. Uh, you can still see, but not like you used to. You're going to come in the support group and go, wow, my eyes are pretty good. Um, I really haven't made. And, I, and I've told people, hey, if you're a what we call partial, if you're a partial or partially sighted, you're king in our world. Um, because there's still a lot of things you can do. So, you know, it, it, I think it gives them perspective. Um, it, however, we know with macular degeneration and, and uh, retinitis pigmentosa, uh, you know, those conditions are going to get worse. So get in the fray now. Uh, start getting your training now because if you call, say, the Department of Rehab tomorrow and say, yeah, my, my, uh, my dad is losing his eyesight and, and, uh, you know, uh, we're really kind of concerned. What can we do? Uh, you're not going to start getting classes Monday. Mm. Um, you know, it takes some time. Um, it, it doesn't take, you know, a huge amount of time, but it does take some time. So get the ball rolling now. Jump into the fray now. Um, if the person is willing at all. Uh, and sometimes people aren't willing, and sometimes there's nothing you can do in that case. I mean, it, it, except just try to encourage them uh, to, uh, you know, come along. And because and, life can still be good, life can still be good um, if you're willing to work hard, you know, and 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 you know, change your way of thinking. The adventure can still continue. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, you know, I've always heard the line, you know, God doesn't want us to be bitter; He wants us to be better. And that is really true, and I think sometimes, you know, one of the things you're going to find out when you lose your vision, you'll find out who your real friends are. Mm. And and that is, in one respect, a hard thing to find out. In another respect, it's like, oh, I don't have to carry along this baggage anymore. That's true. Well, John Brooks, uh, we just appreciate you and Marty being with us tonight. Any prayer requests that we could keep in mind for you at VIPS and, and personally? Well, um, actually, there's a very real prayer request. We talked about the fact that we need more space. Uh, We've looked. There's a building actually right down the street from where we're sitting right now that would be a wonderful addition to uh, provide service. It's in the same locale and and things, but it's just way too expensive. But uh, the Lord can provide. Nothing's uh, impossible. That's right. It? And our God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So um, that's a very real matter for us. We're uh, providing wonderful service, but we wish that we had a place where people could drop in more. They could come and have lunch together. They could play games. We could have an area for doing art projects and that type of thing. So that's a very, very real need that we have. Brothers, thank you for joining us from VIPS tonight. And thank you, dear friends, for joining us here on Lighthouse Live. We'll catch you next time.